Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Welcome to the City of David Dartford podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this message from our pastor. we want to say thank you almighty God and everlasting father we give you praise glory and honor thank you because of whom you are we ask Jehovah Lord in heaven that you will please speak to us tonight to the glory and to the honor of your name in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen praise the name of the Lord um, tonight we continue on, on our second section on building a healthy home. Building a healthy home. We're going to take our scripture from where we started on Sunday, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to start from the 22nd verse. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and the 22nd verse. I want to um, appreciate everybody who has joined this um, broadcast online. We bless God for the life of every one of us. And my prayer is that God of heaven will bless you all in Jesus' name. So Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to do my reading from the 22nd verse. And he says, Wife, submit yourself unto your husband. And I'm going to read up to 33 verse. And then he said, As unto the Lord. And he went further in 23 to say, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as Christ is subject unto Christ, sorry, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be to their own husband in everything. Then, where we started from on Sunday, which is the verse 25, he said, husband, Love your wives. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Husband, love your wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And he says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He said that he might present it to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such things that it should be holy 
and without blemish. He said, so men ought to love their wife as their own body. He said, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. He said, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. He said, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. He said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto a wife, and the two shall be one flesh. And then he went, he said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and church. And finally, he said, nevertheless, let every one of you, in particular, paradventure, you have forgotten what I have said earlier. He now went ahead to say, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverences her husband. One more time, I pray the Lord will bless the word in the name of Jesus. And so we go back to that verse 25 and 26. Verse 25 and 26 that says, Husband, love your wife. And, and, and I started from this on, on Wednesday, on Sunday, and, and I intend continuing from there. I will start with the wife on, on, on Sunday. But for now, let's look at what the scripture says when the Bible says, Husband, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26 now says, he said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the blood. So what, is, what the scripture is saying is that husband, if you're going to love your wife as I love the church, you are not going to have a clean vessel in your hand. Um, husband, if you are going to um, love your wife as I love the church. You are not going to have a perfect vessel in your hand. So meaning that you need to do a bit of a work because what Christ did is that he sanctified and cleansed the church by the washing of water by the word. So I'm happy to announce to every one of us who is looking for a perfect person like I said on Sunday, there is no, it's not existing anywhere. We're all getting better day by day. We're all getting better day by day. So when Christ says to us to love our wife as he loves the church, what is he saying? If we pick some scriptures, we'll be able to have a better understanding of what this is, this is, this is, this is, this is what this is to us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Romans the, the, the fifth chapter, the eighth verse. He said, but God commended his love towards us in that while we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. Now, this is the love Christ demonstrated for the church. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure that any one of us, including me talking here, can die for our wives. But then maybe some can do Bless God for those ones. I'm, I'm not sure some wives can die for their husband as well. Maybe some can do, 
We bless God. But you know, I suddenly realized, uh, maybe I should make everybody to laugh now, that no matter how much a man likes a man or how much a woman likes a, a man, I've never seen anybody going to the graveyard, into the sepulcher or the grave with the, with the spouse when they die, whether old or young. Uh, so that means that we are far away from the love that Jesus Christ says to us to have. He said, but God commended his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners. Then it's okay. You, can, you don't have to feel bad if you can't go to the grave. Nobody went to the grave with, with Jesus Christ. Nobody went to the sepulcher with Jesus Christ. So it's okay. You are behaving like your father in heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then get to understand that what Christ did was that he commended his love towards us. And so what God is saying is that, husband, love your wife even as Christ loved the church. So he's saying, can you commend your love to your wife even in our imperfect states? Remember I told you I am not here to come and preach how I live or how my wife lives or how somebody else lives. I am here to just preach the determinate counsel of God regarding marriage, the way God designed marriage to be. And so that means that if I am preaching it the way God designed it to be, it does not mean that I, I am anywhere near it at all. So he says that Christ God demonstrated his love towards us while we are yet sinner. Christ demonstrated his love towards us while we are yet sinner. Uh, John chapter 15 verse, verse 18. John chapter 15, the 13th verse. John the 15th chapter, the 13th verse. Hear what he says here again. He said, greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Mm, greater love. So the kind of love that God is expecting husband to have for the wife is that you should be able to pay any sacrifice. Any sacrifice. He says, the Bible says, says, a greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life. Because this is what Christ did for us. And so if, if Christ did this for us, Every man should learn how to have a greater love than you have for yourself. A greater love in the same way Christ loves us. No, I'm sorry, this is, not, this is not what I designed. And like I said to you, we're looking at the template of God without preaching an individual here. If we have to preach an individual, maybe I will not be preaching this. I will not be using this verse. But if we have to preach the terminate counsel of God regarding the way God designed it, he said, greater love at no man than this, that a man lay down his life. So maybe I should make the woman to love a little bit. Husband, lay down your pocket, lay down your purse, lay down your cash card, lay down everything that uh, you work for. You know, because that one is not even your life yet. It's just your purse, just your sweat. But Christ says to us, greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Ah, you know, if we go further to Ephesians, the, the second chapter, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. Ephesians chapter 2, still 
buttressing the same thing. Saying to Lord, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his greater love, wherewith he loved us. He said, even while we are dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace he has saved. So, yeah, Misa, you are not qualified for those things you enjoy. So, God is saying that even if you feel your wife is not qualified, still go ahead and demonstrate love. He said, well, we are yet dead in sin. He quickened us. So, I know your wife hurt you so badly. I know your wife has done so terrible thing to you, but God is saying, show love. Show love. Show love. Your wife is not the best of person. I agreed. Show love. Maybe in your continuous shown of love, God will one day redeem it. Because that's exactly what Christ did for us. Christ has, has, he, has he keeps loving us. We are, we are not there yet. We are far away from what God wanted us to be. But yet, he keeps loving us. Yesterday, you rise up, you fall down, he still loves you. You know, we, we, we fall into sin a lot of times, he still loves us. And so, that, this is the template God is saying. He said, look, listen, love, love, love your wife, love your wife, as your wife, as I love the church. The way Christ loved the church is that the church makes Christ stop, he still loves the church. I pray the Lord God of heaven will bless his word in our life in the name of Jesus. You know, if we, if we have to follow the template of God, Trust me, a lot of things that goes wrong will go right. At that junction, no man will now come and start telling you uh, seven ways to win your wife's hearts because it's not written in the scripture. There's no, there's no, there's no, no bouquet in the Bible. There's no flower. There's no chocolate. But there are principles. If you follow, bouquets will come. If you follow, you have more than enough chocolate. In fact, they can bring cocoa factory to your house. That's if those principles are followed. And so, let's, and, and I, I appreciate the fact that a lot of people say sweet things about marriage, which is, which is fantastic, and I have no problem about that. But you know what? These sweet things can only be embellished, can only be put in place, can only be polished if we follow the principle. So, and hear me, the principle is simple. It, there's no two ways. Whatever you now want to preach, Money, uh, your in-law, your wife's, your wife's in-law, your children, your anything you want to preach. Once you love your wife, you will love the mother of your wife. You will love the father of your wife. You will love the siblings of your wife. Once you love your wife, you will be able to make sure that your wife doesn't suffer. You will make sure that you will have to sweat for your wife to enjoy. You will have to put an umbrella on the head of your wife once you love her for rain to beat you. You will know that there are principles once you follow those principles. And so you know the... The other thing that comes like bribe will, may not even be necessary anymore. Because deep down, the woman will see genuine love. And so the day she tells you that I want ice cream, you will be, so, you will be glad. Because you have honored, and I've never seen a woman who honors or accepts the ones that um, does not have God in their life. Who sees honors, who sees care, who sees love, and yet still make up our mind to scatter the whole thing. One of the reasons why we all come to serve God 
continually was because we suddenly realized that nobody loves us as Christ loves us. And that's why we are giving ourselves over. That's why some of us, in our place of work, we will earn money, we come to church, we don't earn money because we know why somebody paid the price. And so once somebody has paid the price and you realize somebody has paid the price, you are ready to be spent and be spent for that person. Why? Because he loved you first. Love you first. I, 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 I will want to zero down on this very particular verse, which is one of the first things that Christ did for church. And I am praying that as we all men who are listening now, listening and, and get this, Maybe that you, I pray that I will be able to pass the understanding of this to us. But I, I pray much more importantly that Holy Spirit will minister this, this scripture to you and I much more better. And that's found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32, the 10th verse. Deuteronomy, the 32 chapter, the 10th verse. I, I love to read um, Message Bible for this. Message Bible, please. Okay, a bit shrinked, but I will find. The scripture says in Message Bible, he said, he found him out in the wilderness, in an empty, wind-swept wasteland. I repeat, he found him out in the wilderness in an empty, wind-swept wasteland. He threw his arm around him, lavish attention on him, guiding him as the apple. Of his eyes. He was like an eagle hovering over his nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings and lifting them into the air, teaching them to fly. God alone led him, and there was not a foreign God inside. God lifted him up to the hilltop so that he could feast on the crops in the field. He fed him honey from the rock and from all granite creek, cords of cattle and make of cheap. Ah, you know, as, as I looked at that scripture, for me, it aptly suddenly described how God intend for every one of us. He wants to shape or he wants us to shape our wives. And so the scripture says, look, listen, this is what he did for the church. This is a similitude of what he did for history. This is a similitude of what he wants, what he asked Christ to do for the church. And, and good enough, a similitude 
of what he wants everybody, husband, to be to their wives. He said he found him in a desert land. In the hollowing void of the wilderness, he kept circling around him. He penetratingly he scanned him from Amplified Version. He kept him as the pupil of his eyes. He said, as an eagle that stares up the net, that flutters over his young ones. He spread abroad his wings and he took them. He bought them on his pinion. So, so the Lord led him and there was no strange God with him. Ah, you know, if, if I'm going to explain this scripture, what God is saying is this. You've gone, you found a wife as a man. And then when you find the wife, you've seen quite a number of faults. You know, for a lot of men, your wife talks too much. For a lot of white men, your wives get angry easily. For a lot of um, men, your wife fights. For a lot of men, your wife is obstinate. For a lot of men, you know, there's, there's always one, two, three, some, so for a lot of men, your wife is not good in bed. For a lot of men, your wife doesn't know how to cook. For some men, your wife is lazy. I, you know, I, we can count everything that we all could learn as a fault. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. In fact, for some women, they, they mark all, they tick all the box, all the negative box. Hmm. But you know, I, I, I find out that what God is also saying that in spite of the feebleness, in spite of the frailty, in spite of the weakness, Bible said God keep hovering around until strength comes. And God begins to lead him bit by bit, bit by bit, until there was no strange God. So that means that what God is saying to women is that, uh, God have mercy on me here. You know, it's alright, I'm guilty, I'm guilty and child. But what God is saying is that can you learn how to begin to lead him, or sorry, lead her until there will be no foreign God in her life. Until there will be no hunger in her life. Until there will be no fighting spirit in her life. Until there will be no laziness in her life. Until there will be no spirit of procrastination in her life. Until there will be no sharp mouth in her life. Until there will be no, no lack of uh, cooking um, ability. Can you lead her? Can you help her? Can you show enough love until there is what you call a foreign God? What you think that are the bad habits of her? What, what are those things that you know? Well, I appreciate the fact that the God of heaven has finished work on some people. But then, for those of us whom God has not finished work on them, can God use you as a vessel of honor to finish work on the life of that woman? That is the big question here. Because what I suddenly realized is that, and you know, this is it's so funny. The same way husband, wife is saying that that woman, that man is better than you, 
The same way, men is also thinking, ah, I wish that woman is my wife because she knows how to cook. But then the one that knows how to cook can actually cook the food and pour it on your head after cooking. The one that doesn't know how to cook knows how to come and gently put the food on the table and make the table look so nice like a king wants to eat. So, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not going to be the same everywhere. So what God is saying is that, so the Lord led him and there was no strange God with him. And until every man learn how to lead the woman to a junction when there will be no foreign God, what you call a strange God, what you didn't want in that woman, what you didn't want that woman to be. And, and, and that's why I said to us on Sunday that God is trying to present us as a church without spot, without wrinkle. And so that's the same thing that, that I'm saying in conclusion here. That what God is saying is that as you are going to prepare the church, as you are going to prepare your wife without spot, without wrinkle, can you lead him to a level when there will be no strange? when there will be no foreign God in his life. And until we get to that long junction, we have not shown enough love. Uh, enough love. So love is not, um, you know, again, one of the, one of the things that um, women have come to say. They say, you must tell us that you love us. We just, we just need that assurance. I'm sorry. I have not seen that in the Bible. But it's okay for us to do it. That so we, we need, you need an assurance. I love you. I love you. I love you. It's okay. But you know what? There are some basic principles about love. I, 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 sorry, I didn't say. You, men, don't come and say that. Pastor Kingsley said, I, you must tell them you love them. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but I'm only saying that it's not, it's not in the Bible. Where is it written in the Bible that you must say, I love my wife 50 times? If it's in the Bible, please follow. If it's not in the Bible, once they say that's what they want, follow. But then the question is the fact that I'm saying that there are some other things that Christ has laid as principle. If we follow that, even if you don't tell them you love them 50 times a day, every action you take will speak forth that you love them every moment. And I'm praying that God of heaven will take us to that level. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's, it was indeed a blessing to receive from you. Thank you, sir. More grace. Um, I think there was a lot to learn in terms of what we are to expect as human beings, but more so I'll speak on behalf of the females. Um, as, as Ephesians speaks about um, the men being as Christ and the females being as the church, um, and, it, and it is imperative that we are always prepared, always prepared as females and to allow the man to leave the home. I, I enjoyed the scriptures that were posed. So Ephesians 2 verses 4 to 5, Deuteronomy 32 from verse 10 onwards, I, I found that quite poignant, really, 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 really apt. Um, and I'd never seen that scripture like that. So thank you very much, Pastor Shegan. Um, do you mind, I don't know if it's to say if you don't mind digressing a little bit, but if you don't mind expatiating is probably a better word, yeah. What do you mean by 
God wants men to shape their wives. What, what, what do you mean by that? Um, I, 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 not much of shaping. Not, not really much of shaping. is much of Christ, like I said in Ephesians, like we said, and like the scripture says in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, that what Christ desire is a, a, a church without spot, without wrinkle. So when you talk about this shaping, we're talking not about a man coming to shape a woman into, no, 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 no. Unto a man getting the woman to a level where the resemblance of Christ becomes real in the life of that woman. I don't know whether I answer your question. Yes, yes. I, th I, th I think that's, that's key. Um, so not so much to shape, but where Christ is seen in, in an individual. I think that's really, really important. So how then would you propose, for example... Um, a male or a female who is in a relationship where they are struggling to <laughs> to help or to encourage these giftings or to encourage the person to be as Christ for a man or for the for a female as as the church. So in terms of preparation, or they're not heeding to points discovered or to the way in which um, their other half has gently or not so gently ask them to change their ways? Um, you see, that's, that's, that's a lesson for or a, an, another class because the thing is the fact that what Christ is saying here is not talking about people who are still dating. He's talking about uh, you once you have come into that, into that, into that institution, husband and wife. So now, how does he apply to me before I, I get engaged? Is that there are some certain things scripture says. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. He says, can two work together unless they be agreed? So that means that if I am going to come into courtship, which I said is a different ball game entirely, is, is for me to first and foremost begin to walk towards a man of like passion. Because there are some things that when you don't put in place, when God does not allow you to align with, then it can become a bit of a difficult issue when you eventually uh, um, um, get married. If you looked at the scripture in, in Genesis chapter 2, Adam came and said, when he saw Eve, nobody told Adam. It was Adam who saw the woman and said, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Now, that, that's a great deal. I can come and teach singles very, 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 very in-depth about that. Again, Bible principle. So, if Adam could recognize and know that this is his wife. Every man before you marry, every woman before you marry, you must be able to say to yourself, I can work with this. Because if you get into something in the name of, I can't work. Now, Christ died for Christians, Christ died for Muslims. He died for the whole world. 
But there are people who are saying that they are fanatics in their religion. And so, even though Christ has died for them, the death and the resurrection of Christ doesn't work for them. So that means that if Christ gives you, or if you give yourself something that Christ has not given to you, then, you know, because the scripture says that he has not given us a temptation more than that which we can handle. So if God gave you, God will give you grace to handle. But if God does not give you, then you will have to find the grace yourself to handle it. I don't know whether I answer your question perfectly. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, that was well answered. Thank you for speaking to singles. But I, I, um, I think also for people who are married, who perhaps may not have thought that in depthly, in depth, in that much in depth in terms of who they're marrying or didn't necessarily see the red flags, if, it, if, if I could so say, or they're in the situation where actually it's only one of us that are in church and, you know, I'm trying to advise my husband or he's trying to advise his wife and they're not heeding to that. How do you say that, oh, okay, this is what you could do or this is how you can act as the head or for the wife, this is how you can act as the church? Because unfortunately, we do have situations where perhaps husband and wife are not in the same church or, you know, it's unbalanced in one way or another. I, I, I sort of have an idea of what you're talking about. It's a tough one, but I'm still going to answer it. Now, the question is the fact that when you see a wrong flag, how did you get to know? My question is that when people say there's a wrong flag, how did you get to know the wrong flag? Who told you the wrong flag? It's Holy Spirit. So when Holy Spirit has come and said to you, mm, daughter, mm, son, here is a red flag, and he's saying, and then you don't listen to Holy Spirit. And the scripture says that sin against Holy Spirit is not forgiven. So you are the one that the red flag is not just a red flag. It's the Spirit of God that comes to say there's a red flag here. So that means that you must go to the Holy Spirit that you say no to initially and go and die in the feet of the Holy Spirit until he's able to help you change that thing. <laughs> because, you know, like I said, if you're a child of God and you are seeing a red flag, that red flag you are seeing is an inspiration growth. It's the spirit of God in you that is saying to you, hmm, can I work with this? Hmm, can I flow with this? Hmm, will this not be a problem? But you've chosen not to listen to God. You've chosen not to hear unto God. So when the problem becomes big tomorrow, you've got to learn to, because there's no solution to that. You have to go back to God. And say, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. You spoke. You said, you told me. You quickened my body. But I refused to listen. And Lord, I am sorry. What do I do next? I'm sure at that junction, he will be the one to give you the solution. I may not have the solution. <laughs> <laughs> that's hardcore. That is tough, though. Um, and yeah, I guess that's why it's imperative to involve God in every step of the way. Um, through marriage, in marriage, on your way to marriage, it's really, really imperative that Christ is the foundation of it all. Um, one final question from me, and if anybody has questions on YouTube, please feel free to type it up here. What would you say as a female who, perhaps, I don't know, some may say the word is nagging, I beg to differ, gently, encouraging or coaching or, you know, directing, maybe not directing, but, you know, encouraging your husband in, in a direction, how would you say that that pet, or if, if the individual, man or female, is not feeling the love, and it doesn't have to be a bunch of roses or 
Coco, like you mentioned earlier, it's just that they don't feel that love or they, they just feel, not because they're looking at other people, but they just don't feel the love in which they, perhaps they had in the beginning, they don't currently have now. What would you say could be done I to revive it? I don't it? seem to understand that question. Please. Sorry, make, let me make it a bit clearer or um, clarify. If a female or a male, you said, you know, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. So I would use a male, a female, who does not feel that love, that Christ love or that love that they had in the beginning. What would you say can happen? Is it mainly just prayer or is there more that she can do to help in that situation? Uh, maybe when this question will have been better, maybe next week, Wednesday, but I'll, I'll still try to answer it. Now, the question is this. If love becomes genuine and Christ-like, it's a bit difficult for anybody to resist. But then, having now said that, you know, I said something last week that we have some people that they've lost a bit of their mind and their brain. Because the Bible said, because they were not listening to God, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And so if somebody has been given over to a reprobate mind, the only thing that woman can do is to submit and keep praying to God. Because, and, 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 and I'm, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to talk about this on Sunday and on Wednesday. The honors of the church, the husband loving the church, is when the woman has done what Christ wants the woman to do. Because if you looked at that scripture, when he was going to start addressing, he said, wife, submit. If you looked at the way church also is, if Christ is going to appropriate his sin, sorry, if Christ is going to appropriate his resurrection over my life, over, over my future, I have to come to God and submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if Christ says that, as Christ loved the church, the church had first and foremost submitted to the church. And then it is after the wife, after the church have submitted to Christ, that Christ begins to wash the church with water as the word of God. So the first thing first is that, but you know, I, I specifically start with husband loving so that we don't get some things wrong. So that when I'm talking about submission of the wife from Sunday, we can have an idea of what it's all about. So please, let's have it at the back of our mind that when the church is going to be loved by Christ, the church are to come to Christ and accept, believe, confess, which is submitting. So when the church has submitted to Christ, Christ begins to present, begin to work on the church, begin to love the church, begin to bring the best out of the church. Even though the love has been there before Christ came in, before the church comes in, but the church had to work into it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very well said. Thank you. Crystal clear. Finally, last, last point is, is there, or last question rather, is there a secret to a successful marriage? That's a funny question. There's a secret. The secret is husband, love as Christ loved the church. Just, just die for your wife. You suddenly realize that uh, everything is already in your hand. Wife, 
Submit to your husband. You will suddenly realize that every secret is already. So the only secret is follow the counsel of God. The only secret is that follow, don't follow what Shegun Kingsley says about marriage. Don't follow what Mr. Hay tells you about marriage. Because I've told you times to that number, they will tell you seven ways of, um, of in fact, there's another one going now, saying that uh, uh, one says tie is old. You have to give, and I'm thinking, what, what, what's, what's, what's all this all about? Because that's not what Christ says. That's not the Bible. Let's go back to the Bible. If you go back to the original template of God, the secret of marriage will be handed over to you. Because like I said to us on Sunday, it's all junk for everybody to feel that every man is into sex. It's all junk for everybody to feel that every woman is into sex. God wired everybody differently. It's all junk for everybody to feel that the way to a man's heart is food. It's not every man. It's not every man. It's not every man. It's, not, it's all junk to feel that if you buy gifts for your wife, you will get. It's not every woman. What about when you married? Okay, how do you now fit it? You married a woman who has an oil field, who is richer than you. So what, what, what are you talking, talking about if it's money? As they say, give, give her your money, give her your cash card. So the man, the woman is the one paying, <laughs> bringing out the, all the money in the house. Then you now come and say that, uh, um, give your woman a check. Yeah, you can give me a check, but the woman suddenly realized the check you are giving me, I'm the one that gave you. So how does that work? But then the question is that a woman cannot, cannot buy submission. It is said by God. You follow it. A man cannot buy love. It is given by God. You cannot buy. You put those things in place, every other thing. So, whatever any secret anybody now wants to say, seven ways of going to a man's heart, three ways of making your husband to begin to blush, it all lies and boils down into the love of Christ. We said, submit and love. <laughs> Sorry, three Three ways of making your husband blush. <laughs> of either blush or... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Very, very, very correct. Uh, I think the template is Christ's template, and that is in the Bible. So just follow biblical. God help us to follow the principles he's laid down and not look at other people's marriage, because everyone is different. Thank you so much for today, Pastor Shegan Kingsley. I will hand over to Pastor Shegan Uluwabamishe. We hope you were blessed by that message. You can keep up with more of our content on our social media. God bless you.